Hey, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to the Effort of Community Church weekly podcast, a conversation with our pastors and leaders meant to continue encouraging you to know God, know freedom, know purpose, and make a difference. Hey, ECC Church family, we appreciate you. Thrilled to be a part. You got that? <laughs> you were hoping I didn't screw that acronym up, huh? I think you did. Oh, I think I... I uh, oh, I did, because I said e- ECC Church family. Yeah. I double-seed it. Yeah, you did. It was redundant. All right. Hi, EC that. Church family. <laughs> um, good to see you all. It's Matt and I here again today, and we are thrilled to be diving into the new series that we're yeah. in, You Ask For It. First yeah. of all, I love the drawing that the young yep. man did. Whether you know this or not, Kevin mentioned that... You know, we always create a fun little logo banner for each of our series. And for the last couple of years, there's just been this one young boy that every time we do a new series, he takes whatever our picture is and he translates it into like a kid version yeah. and kept handing it in. Mm-hmm. But, and we knew eventually we're like, we want one of these. So yeah. I was thrilled that we got to use it. But yeah. I want to talk a little bit about um, the You Ask For It series. Yeah. This is year five, I believe, that we've done this, where mm-hmm. we've said, hey... You tell us what we should be talking about. And first of all, I'm thrilled to be a part of the community that does it. Mm-hmm. But I also want to say it's a bit of an intimidating process because you're stepping into more complex layered questions coming out of people right. and their spirituality. Yeah. I'm excited to be doing it. So, Yeah, the one anxious point that, that I personally feel that every time we do it is like, man, one week to one topic. Yeah. That is such, you know what I mean? It's like, can you effectively communicate uh, or bring resolve to the question right. that people are asking. Let's make it even crazier. 35 minutes, maybe yeah. 40. Right. And you're trying to deal with the complex nuances. So we let us almost begin with an apology. <laughs> that some of these questions um, have enough intensity to them yeah. that it's really hard to tackle in that time. So even Matt and I are chatting like, hey, do we do a special podcast, a follow-up podcast, right. going to like next layer in on some of these yeah. with the different speakers? We're going to be working on that. But anyway, thrilled to be a part of the series. Yeah, it know? is, it is uh, very exciting. I think it's such a – culturally speaking, I think it is powerful. I think it's hard to measure what it – how it uh, engages people or endears people mm-hmm. maybe to the to you know them having a greater sense of this is my church family that's right um, and we're willing to wrestle with the exactly, hard complex exactly. questions and, of the day and they're real questions that everybody else is already wrestling with them so we might as well step into the fire and, and go after them so yeah so I noticed two types of questions that emerges the ones that I would call hot social issues stuff that we know um, um, are, are being talked about in larger society and that Christians, should have thoughts or opinions on, right? Mm-hmm. So that happens. And then others are deeper spiritual life questions around, hey, I want to wrestle through some of the things I believed um, and what would it mean to go deeper in them? This week, Kevin kind of threw us a fun little curveball where he blended it to. Yeah. He took what I would call a societal question, hey, is there a wrong way to a right action? And that can be applied to a bunch of different ways. Yep. The way we do business, the way we do relationships, the way we do political government stuff, um, that can be applied. But he ended up landing it using the example of faith and work. So he kind of did a spiritual life teaching mixed in with yeah. a larger question we're asking. So I'd like to hang on the larger question for sure. just a little bit. You cool with that? Yeah. Is there a wrong way to take right action? What do you think, Matt Swords? Yeah, I, uh, I love the way Kevin set it up. You know, he talked about the end justifying the means. And then he brought in uh, Jeremiah, a passage from Jeremiah, where the Lord talked about, uh, there's going to come a day where I write my law in your hearts. And just God's attention to the heart. And I would say there is a wrong way to do a right action because the act in and of itself isn't necessarily what God is 
first and foremost and primarily going after. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just about doing a right form and function, as Kevin mentioned. Religion is that, you know, a religious facade of right action, the outside of the cup he used, that illustration mm-hmm. that Jesus provided. Um, but yet, let's go after the inside, which is the heart. So, That's right. Not only would I say there is a wrong way, I would agree there is a wrong way to do a right action. I would also say if you have the right heart, but you happen to make a mistake yeah, in it. Yeah, I think that's key. You know, yeah. the, the, it, it's, the inverse is true at the same right. time. There's still a place where you can reward and honor and say, man, I love your heart. Here's how we can... Because it's not that God pretends like the action doesn't matter. That's it absolutely right. does, but in its right context and built upon a yeah, that's, better foundation. That's so important to remind everyone. You know, in the history of moral thought and study of ethics, etc., the Christian contribution... It extended off the Jewish one was what the apostle, excuse me, what the writer of James, yeah, that would have been one of the apostles, Mm -hmm. James' brother of Jesus. Um, He says in James 2, to he that knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to he it is sin. Mm -hmm. And you can reverse that. That's that's an easily conflated verse where, um, you know, if... If you know the right thing to do and you're not doing it, it's sin. And other ways around, if you don't know something's wrong, Mm -hmm. yet you go ahead and do it, the Lord's not counting it as sin, right? Um, Now, it could still be a wrong in the same way that my son running up to me when he was three and jumping on me and breaking my glasses because he couldn't control his body weight. Sorry, poor kid. I was going to bring in an illustration with my kids as well, but Jim, please. Yeah, but kids kids do wrongs, but it's not accounted as sin. Now, if he's 20 and he comes up and headbutts me (laughs) and breaks my glasses, you know, we got to chat a little bit here, right? So all that to say, I do want to remind us all that Christianity does have tremendous room for the fact that uh, even with a right heart going in the right direction, God has to clean up some of the stuff that we've done along the way because we just were doing it. But I think clearly the question came out of, hey, if we want a certain political system, does it justify what we do to get there? Sure. If we want a certain thing in our relationship, does it justify what we do? If we want a certain reward at work, does it justify how we get there? Yeah. I think that's one of the questions we have to clearly say, man, that is one you have to stop, drop, and roll on because... The ideas leading to an outcome have consequences too, right? So to do it a certain way, Mm -hmm. even if you get to what your initial desired outcome was, it it launches other consequences into the universe that can can spiral out of control. Yeah, and and when I heard this question as a title to a message, I I started thinking, I wonder how many people in the room haven't thought about this, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, they're anxious around the idea mm-hmm. of, am I doing good things in a bad way? Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Like, I wonder, is there a population or, or a subset of our population here that are now thinking, okay, I've been reading my Bible every morning. Is That's a right action. Am I somehow doing it the wrong way? And so now people, there may be more confusion now yeah. than before. Um, and so I just kind of... I kind of clued into that maybe a little bit and and just wanting to uh, just speak to the fact like at the end of the day, God cares about the heart. And so if your heart is disengaged, it doesn't matter whether you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. At the end of the day, you're not going to glean from Jesus what these disciplines and actions are intended to bring about, the the abundant life that Jesus came to bring. So you don't read the Bible because I got to read my Bible or else somehow I'm... I'm in the wrong. It's like, well, that's that's maybe be the right action to read the word, but yeah. the perspective, the understanding of who God is as a father, um, that is a that is a perspective that needs to be shaped a little bit more right. to understand the nature of God, so that you, 
more than just reading the word for the sake of, you know, yeah. I have to do this. Uh, better to say, I want to, I, I, I want to experience my father. Um, and the going to the word is one way I discover. And exactly. Know That's him. one way to do it. Right. Another way is community. I think when I left the teaching, I was sitting there thinking, Hey, I think God is calling us to be reflective about how our actions set things into the universe. So even if we could judge, excuse me, even if we could get our accomplished goal, which is whatever X, um, uh, how we get there is so important. I want to use the biblical example of David trying on Saul's armor. Okay. Right. Um, so here's David. He knows this. Goliath's got to go down. Mm-hmm. Right. Matter of fact, there is tremendous confidence that, like, hey. You can make fun of the armies of Israel all you want. You can't defy God. Um, And so someone, why isn't anyone taking this guy down? So you can tell that he, when he's first trying on Saul's armor, he initially isn't struck that this would be a bad way to go about doing it. Mm -hmm. But then somewhere along the way, due to his his sensitivity, he was able to say, hey, something's off here. Now, you and I... I mean, David's this beautiful archetype of incredible sensitivity and spiritual discernment. Mm -hmm. The rest of us aren't quite at David level yet, so I rely on being part of a community that gives off an understanding just by being part of it. Or I rely on saying, Matt, I'm thinking of, and and I do this often, I'll say, Matt, I got something, a quandary that's going on in my head about Mm -hmm. um, this or that. What do you think? And I'll bounce it off of you. That's one of the ways I think we can make sure that is there a wrong way to do a right action? Just to check our ways right. as we're doing stuff um, yeah. off of the community mm-hmm. and uh, off of friends. Now, that said, David's a great example of someone who in his own spirit could check this and go, hey. Mm-hmm. And I've oftentimes wondered, if David would have wore the army armor, I don't think you could have pronounced it as sin, but it certainly would have sent a message to other people that the mm-hmm. average Joe couldn't be a change maker, yeah. that you had to become something other than yourself to bring change into yeah. the world. And I think God's like, oh, David, I love you that you spotted that move um, right. was probably not going to have the best long-term implications. So yeah. just one example that came to me. No, no, I, I love that. And uh, I, the story I was thinking about is, you know, I have three kids, so when my third was born, Jesse, and he was just, I don't know, a week old. And Benjamin, who is three years old... Um, Going up and hugging him, like with yeah. all of his strength, yeah, you know, just like let me just brotherly all love, this love on you, and he's genuine, it's pure, the heart's perfect, right? The action, like you're suffocating your brother, <laughs> he's literally dying right now. Uh, and right. so, is there? A, you, you can have the perfect heart, and it's a win. Let's yeah. just let's just massage this action a little bit That's better. Right. Uh, and so, you, but you only know that within community. Yeah. You can only be sharpened that way. Um, within exactly right. a healthy community where there's trust mm-hmm. that I can, you know, that, that you can come to me and say, hey, Matt, I saw this, love the heart, here's the action, though, how do we, how do we improve upon, uh, yeah. which we all want to, so so long, you know, but, but you can't see what you can't see. That's right. Um, and, um, and I want to be straight up, dude. We're coming into a political cycle right now. Uh, anyone else? I can't even watch Jeopardy without Oz and Fetterman just going off on each other. And part of me, like... We keep that up, nobody wins. Hmm. I just want to state, say straight up, we keep... Are you talking about political advertising? Exactly, okay. dude. I was like... Sorry, dude. You know, and... <laughs> dude, you don't know who's running for the Senate was, right now? I but just, I, just, I just... I had Celebrity Jeopardy going through my ah! mind. Like, what are we talking about what right now? <laughs> right. I shouldn't have used Jeopardy as my reference point. Hey, I watch a lot of Jeopardy, oh, Rachel, man. and I love Jeopardy. Okay. If you're wondering where we're at at 7.30 most nights, yeah. um, bowl of popcorn and Jeopardy. But man, you can't get out of it with political ads. And I want sure. to say this. Um, no one wins 
even if you you know you what outcome you want, the way we go about it matters, man. Yeah. And by the way, I'm not trying to get overly political. I'm just saying it's a very tangible way to say, is this who we want to be and sure. how we go about, quote, yeah. winning or, 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 or carrying forth what we think the kingdom of God is in this mm-hmm. world. So that said, Kevin for sure then did something that I know that Kevin loves to do. He loves living in this part of the country to talk a little bit about that tension between faith and works, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The way we carry ourselves. Um, and and I will say this, I was talking to a guy uh, two weeks ago that said he was deeply impacted by an image that I gave a couple years ago when I was preaching of the tension between faith and works to me is like a, a father carrying a five-gallon bucket full oh, of right. water, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And he's carrying it with his son or his daughter and his son and his daughter has his hand or her hand on the bucket too, and they look up at the father and say, Daddy, look at us carrying this bucket. Now, mm-hmm. I, will t- I will tell you this. We all know who's really carrying the bucket, right? right. You ever picked up a five-gallon bucket? But uh, I oftentimes say in the metaphor, as soon as the child takes a hand off, God quits walking. Mm. Like, in other words, I, I like to give the image like, God does the work, but man, you better have your hand on that bucket yeah. walking with the Father. Yeah. And that is the, quote, works that we bring to this yeah. empowerment of God. Yeah. And uh, and so I do think there, I love the way that Kevin reiterates that point. Yeah. We're not talking about that you're saved, that you can carry the bucket. Mm-hmm. Telling you this, so you better have your hand on the bucket. Yeah, and, and it helps. I love that illustration because it helps bring an appropriate understanding of God's... Um, God's um, main win, I guess, mm. within the works is relationship with his kids. Yep. Yep. That he he's not just about zapping people and making things happen. Yep. He's saying, "I was searching in the garden, saying, Adam, where are you?'" That's you know, right. it's like this longing for the uh, a relationship and intimacy with his creation, uh, and we as his we're created in his likeness. I'll say it this way: to act like Jesus is to be in perfect harmony. Uh, with your created purpose, like when you act like Jesus, when you're holding the bucket, you are you are in perfect harmony with how God created you, and in harmony with the the, the relational right. dynamic it was purposed for, which is you Dude, are like so your gorgeous. God and you are with Him. That's so right. when you take your hand off the, the bucket, you've removed um, the relational your contri- contribution right. to what this what the whole thing was created for. Yeah, I, and I like yeah. to suggest God is not sitting there worried about what's in the bucket. He's worried about that little hand that's on the bucket. Right. And the same way, I love what you said about when the Father showed up in the garden after Adam and Eve's sin, right? right? It is not, oh my word, who's going to now do dominion in this garden? That's who's going to tend this garden? Exactly it's right. not. It's the pursuit of the encounter with the individual yeah. to even address the shame and the sin that they've carried out in their, their life. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that similar to when the prodigal son returns, the first thing the father does is hugs him. Yeah. It says he runs across mm-hmm. and he shields his son because naturally there would have been stoning and stuff that would have taken place as the son's coming back to protect the name of the father. Mm-hmm. The father actually races to say, I don't need anyone to protect my name, mm-hmm. H- hugs his son, and then he says, now bring the robes and warm him and yeah. bring the rings of authority and put yeah. them back on. Mm-hmm. So the Lord is trying to restore that kind of garden authority that yeah. we carried, but first it's the encounter with us, right? Correct, yeah, the dominion using the garden again, dominion, the works, will take place after the relationship is <laughs> rightly restored, uh, restored right. and reconciled. And, and so that's where the faith is unto works. Mm-hmm. Um, I, man, I, the verse comes to mind. Is it Psalm, shoot, is it Psalm 50? Uh, where David is saying, you do not delight 
And, 51, right? And Psalm 51. You yep. do not delight in offerings or sacrifice, otherwise I would give it. This is Psalm 51, 16 mm-hmm. through 19. You're not pleased with birth, burnt offerings. Uh, and then he says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a Contra- broken and contrite heart mm-hmm. he won't despise. But then it says this, then you will delight in righteous sacrifices. Um, oh, that's so, so good. Right? So it's, it's not saying sacrifices, the heart being offered to the Lord, you know, a living sacrifice unto him isn't necessary. It's just within its appropriate um, right. um, foundation. It's built on, here's my heart. You know, a broken right. and contrite yieldedness under the Father, upon which you have healthy works that, right. that follow. I love it, man. We could talk about this forever, but we're already at our time point. I do remember that Kevin ended this. He said, religious people are not the only one that can become subject to zeal without mm-hmm. knowledge. And restoring to our opening theme, right, that let us be a reflective people, right, that... So in other words, not just our zeal, not just our zeal for the kingdom to happen or this to happen. The end goal is not the only thing. It's to carry appropriate knowledge, appropriate posture as we're carrying out that zeal is what God's about. Wouldn't you say? I agree. Any announcements we have? October 22nd? Yeah. Community event. Community event outside here on the the campus. Yeah. yeah, that's exciting. And then we have round two, if you asked for it, this coming weekend. Yeah. Uh, Kevin's bringing the message, is that right? That's correct. Weekend. He yeah. is. Yep, looking forward to it. So we appreciate you all. We hope you have a super-duper swell week. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged by listening and that you'll join us again next week. You can listen to previous episodes, find additional resources, and, of course, learn more about us by visiting effortacommunitychurch.com. Effort